Hello and welcome to Dedicated Packers, the podcast where we do cover Green Bay Packers. And we don't cry anything else. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to Dedicated Packers. Today, it is Wednesday and we are going to be previewing the Packers-Bears game on Sunday Night Football at Lambeau Field and that is very, very exciting. The storyline for this game is that the Packers are taking on the Chicago Bears, obviously a historic rivalry, after a terrible outing against the Minnesota Vikings. It was a disastrous outing some might say for the Packers offense putting up only seven points and so Sunday night football this week is a chance for the Packers to show that they are so much more than what the entire nation saw against the Minnesota Vikings and that's what people are going to be looking for on the Chicago Bears side they had a very nice comeback win over the San Francisco 49ers in an absolute monsoon in crappy soldier field conditions so they're going to be looking to stay hot And the Packers are going to be looking to cool them off. So let's jump into sort of an overall summary of this game. First of all, injuries. The Packers' first injury report of the week came out today. David Bakhtiari was a limited participant in Wednesday's practice. Obviously, the knee bugging him. A new addition to the injury report, Jake Hansen, was added with a shoulder injury, but he was a full participant, so that doesn't seem to be a big deal. Elton Jenkins was also added to the injury report. However, his pectoral thing seems to be gone. The only injury listed here, the only injury designation, is for a knee injury, which obviously is his ACL, so hopefully he's good there. He was a limited participant. However, Al Mazard, he is back at practice. Uh, You know, he was dealing with an ankle injury, still seemingly is, as he was a limited participant today, but that's good to see. Keyshawn Nixon, uh, another guy that suffered a shoulder injury against the Minnesota Vikings, and he was a full participant today. Again, good to see. And then Quay Walker was also added to the injury list with another shoulder injury. Again, one that was sustained against the Vikings, but he was also a full participant. And then the last guy, John Runyon Jr., obviously he was evaluated for a concussion through the Vikings game, so he did not practice today. So we'll see how that all turns out. But let's look at this game on the whole. I think this game is not about what the Bears end up doing, but it's more about what the Packers don't end up doing. Because listen, the Packers are way more talented on paper than the Bears. There is no question about that. So If the offense gets the ball in the hands of its playmakers in Jones and Dillon and like LaFleur lamented not doing in the Vikings game and if the Packers stick with the run game instead of giving up as soon as they aren't ripping off 10 plus yard gains, I can see them winning this game, okay? I can see them putting up 30 using play action going under center because that's when the offense is the best but if they move away from the run game early and they go with long developing routes, and they let the front of the Bears get to Aaron Rodgers, this game might be more of a battle. Well, how much of a battle? That depends on the defense. If the defense is able to contain Justin Fields and makes adjustments, 
when the Bears begin perhaps moving the ball on the ground or finding Darnell Mooney every other snap, then I think the Packers can win easily. But if the Packers and their defense in Joe Barry refuses to adjust for an entire half, I think it's going to be a big-time battle. So overall, the Packers will undoubtedly perform better on this Sunday against the Bears than they did against the Vikings because that's not really that hard to do. I think everyone hopes that they're going to perform better, but how much better? Well, that that kind of comes down to whether or not they're going to learn from mistakes that have existed far beyond just this last week against the Vikings. You know, Aaron Rodgers even addressed them sort of reacting a bit too much to the score, which is not great, though it's at least they're addressing it. And, you know, do they continue to go shotgun from the one-yard line? I kid. I kid, of course, a little bit. Never go shotgun from the one-yard line again. Anyway, let's move right into offensive keys to the game. My first key, feed the running back. Okay, if we learned anything from the last game against the Minnesota Vikings, it is that regardless of how it's done, the running backs need to get the football, okay? They need to have that ball in their hands because whenever they do, they are elite playmakers and they are a threat to any defense. On every red zone drive that the Packers had against the Vikings, the running backs got the ball a lot, right? Whether it was on swing outs from Jones or designed runs or checkdowns or even screens both Dylan and Jones were getting the ball in their hands and they made plays right some of those plays resulted in a touchdown others resulted in putting together excellent drives where the Packers were eventually stopped on fourth downs but either way they got into the Vikings red zone so in this Bears game I expect Dylan and Jones to make similar plays when they have the ball in their hands. And one thing that Devontae Adams did that was so underrated was that wide receiver bubble screen that you would see on first down where he would catch the pass and get upfield for, you know, an average of around five or six yards. And that would set the Packers up with a second and very, very manageable. And that's huge, huge. And I think you can use Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon in a similar role. Now, one way you can use them in a Devontae Adams role is through the screen game that I mentioned. And you could include a pony package. So defenses tend to match personnel, meaning a two-back set will usually have the defense match the two running backs with two linebackers. And then if one of the running backs gets motioned out of the pattern, right, you set up a running back versus linebacker, right? And that is something that I will take any day. Running backs are, with all due respect to linebackers, generally far... mm, I don't want to say more athletic, but they are more agile. And so then motioning a running back out of the backfield, you've played with defense and you have set up a running back versus linebacker matchup, as I mentioned. And so you can then flip a screen to Aaron Jones and let him get up field in the Devontae Adams way that I described on the bubble screen on early downs, or you can run the ball with the remaining back in the backfield, or you can send the back who's been motioned out on an actual route versus a linebacker, which I love the chances of. So that's just one way or three ways of utilizing a two elite running back system. And they don't have to do that all the time. I just think you'll see a lot of production and offensive production and a way of making up what you lost in Devontae Adams by doing that. And again, that's just one way of utilizing these backs, but 
coming up with creative ways like that of making mismatches and making sure your running backs have an advantage in using that is going to be huge for the Packers. And then my second offensive key, it's to play well up front. And stats seem to conflict in this area, but overall, the offensive line was good at run blocking and bad in pass protection against the Minnesota Vikings. And that's sort of a on-the-whole analysis. It, it's not true in individual plays or anything, but I... I want to see the offensive line improve in ideally both areas, um, but specifically in pass protection. Okay, there were so many plays where someone on the offensive line, whether it got B.J. Canson or Royce Newman, where they got beat instantly, and then the quarterback got absolutely shelled, right? I mean, Jordan Love came in at the end, but for most of the game, it was Rodgers' quarterback, and he was the one that was getting shelled. And so you with this lackluster pass protection set the offense up for failure and i think that if they can protect much better in the passing game this weekend that the packers will have more success and that is of course important because then you can let the long developing routes develop which lafleur seems to love but another area where i would like to see them get even better though they were quite good last weekend is the run game and blocking again it was good Jake Hansen who was seemingly atrocious in pass protection graded out very well in run blocking and if the Packers can improve just a bit in that area I think that they will be able to run the ball well to start the game I think that Lafleur and Rodgers then will be more willing to stick with the run as we get deeper into the game and that is just going to lead to more offensive success. Now, how likely is it that the protection up front improves or that the run blocking up front improves? Well, Bakhtiari is going off of Ryan Wood's report, not going to play despite practicing today in a limited capacity. And the same goes for Elton Jenkins. So that's that. There was a weird video of Bakhtiari limping today. Just not great stuff. Again, I'm on... He's going to play week six. If he doesn't play by week six and look good, he's not going to play again. So I this is a very concerning situation. It's it's quite disturbing, I will say. Um, but at left tackle, I'm not too concerned because Josh Nyman, he's played really well, okay, especially for a third-string guy. No one expected to do much. He's he's looked quite good. At left guard, Lafleur said something interesting. He said that Runyon, who we know has been a staple in the Packers' offensive line the past two or three years, and Zach Tom would be battling it out. And listen, I don't think this is the best way to use Zach Tom. I think putting him at right guard instead of Jake Hansen might be better. But that is kind of why I want Zach Tom to win. Because I hope Zach Tom beats out John Runyon. And not because of anything it says about Zach Tom or John Runyon, though it would say great things about Zach Tom because we know how good John Runyon is at left guard. But because that would mean Zach Tom gets a starting spot at left guard, and then you're left with the dilemma of what to do with John Runyon. And the reality is John Runyon has looked really, really good at right guard in the past, so I find it hard to believe that the Packers would play Jake Hansen over him at right guard. So then you have across the formation... Nyman, Tom, Myers, and Runyon, and then whatever the hell they end up doing at right tackle if Elton doesn't come back soon. But that's a really, really good four. 
And so I would I would love that. I, I hope that Tom wins for that reason. If Tom doesn't win, then you get Runyon at left guard like we have right now. And then you probably still get Jake Hansen at right guard, which is stupid, but it's the way that it is. So that's why I hope Zach Tom wins. At center, you have Josh Myers. He, realistically, he's only halfway through his first 16 NFL games, and he he's looked good considering that. He, of course, has had blemishes, but I like what he can do in the run game, and that's really, really, really important for a center. At right guard, we have, you know, either the loser between Tom and Runyon or Jake Hansen again. And I mean, just just kill me, right? Jake Hansen, not great. Not great. So I, I don't want to talk too much about that. Hopefully we get some tackles back and get the trickle-down effect of that. And this becomes a non-concern. And then at right tackle, you have Royce Newman. And that might be the biggest weakness on the offensive line right now. Again, I'm really, really fine with him at guard. But he's just a, a liability at right tackle. So I think that... You will see the run game look similar because I don't expect too many changes to the offensive line. Though if Runyon, who didn't practice today, doesn't play on Sunday, you'll see a Tom uh, at left guard offensive line. So that'll be interesting to see. I, I mean, I doubt that you get an upgrade going from Runyon to Tom, and that's just the reality of starting a rookie. But we'll see. I, I don't think the pass blocking is also going to get much better though they are going up against a less talented bears defensive front maybe more talented on the interior but not as talented on the edges they don't have a zadarius smith and daniel hunter type of deadly combo so i think the offensive line is going to look better and i think we're going to need them to look better again if we can protect and if we're able to move guys up front i think that'll allow for a bunch of offensive success but that is why those are my two keys to the offensive game. And then on defense, the first key is to contain Justin Fields. And yeah, this is one that the Packers did not have to worry about last week. They did not have to worry about containing their quarterback because Kirk Cousins is not a very mobile quarterback, but Justin Fields is. And I think he has plenty of arm talent, but right now his legs might be his biggest threat. Right, he is a he's a he's a very good athlete and last year Justin Fields did do a fair amount of damage with his legs against the Packers. However, this year we have Quay Walker and the Packers they showed that they are committed to a zone defense against the Vikings much to the chagrin of many Packers fans and I think with Darnell Mooney being the Bears best receiver the Packers are going to stay dedicated to zone that's the type of defense they like to run and so that defense helps against a scrambling quarterback because a defense in zone has eyes on the quarterback at basically all times while in man you're kind of forced to turn your back on the quarterback so if you put Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell who are very good middle linebackers in the short zones, right, shallow zones, then I think that will help minimize his field's scrambling ability. If he can still pick up yards, I think you just end up putting Quay Walker in a QB spiral, and that should help shut him down. You saw the way Quay Walker was flying across the field, but more on that later. And then another way to prevent scrambling is to have edge rushers that are disciplined and stay in their rush lanes, and that means collapsing the pocket as opposed to bursting around the edge and providing a lane for fields to escape through. So shutting down fields of scrambling, what's that going to do? If they can do what the things I've mentioned above, they can have their linebackers shut them down through zone, they can have their edge rushers stay disciplined 
what is shutting down Fields' scrambling going to do? Well, it's going to force him to sit in the pocket, and it's going to force them him to, yeah, get the ball out quickly, but more importantly, make throws, make decisions, and make good throws. And yes, the Packers' secondary was terrible last week, but they're so phenomenally talented that I don't doubt they will end up being a top unit in the league. And I think that means that Fields is going to struggle to sit in the pocket and complete throws against them. And obviously, that's going to set the Packers up for success. So if they can limit his scrambling, I think you're forcing him to throw, and I think that's going to be tough for him against the secondary. But then my second key leads right into that, and that is clean up the secondary. And if the Packers can't contain Fields, and then he's forced to throw against his Packers secondary, and that would have made me very happy before the year, and it still does, but the secondary did not look great last week. So I think that the Packers need to just clean some things up, and the way to clean up the secondary is, A, guys who played poorly need to rebound. So Amos, for example, who had one of his worst games as a Packer, is going to need to bounce back, and I, I believe that he can. I believe that Eric Stokes can. I believe that every guy in the secondary had a bad game can bounce back because those guys are so phenomenally talented and they've shown throughout their careers that they are elite players in the NFL that I have no reason to believe they're going to go and have back-to-back games. But then the second and part B of cleaning up the secondary is to have Joe Barry adjust. And this is sort of more of a question to me. Barry, upon further review, didn't actually have as terrible of a plan for Jefferson as it may have seemed upon first glance. But once Jefferson started demolishing them, it did take Barry a long time to adjust. It essentially took him to the end of the first half to adjust. And so I want to see a Barry adjust the coverages that he calls. If he can adjust, then I think the secondary can bounce back. And then I feel really good about their chances in this game. I mean, Rodgers talked about in training camp there not being many holes in the secondary. I totally agree with that. So if Barry's putting them in position to succeed, I feel good. So that's my second key to this game. Then, in terms of players to watch, we're going to start out with the defense here. And my number one player to watch is Quay Walker. Yeah, the Packers' first pick in the 2022 draft, he was flying around the field on Sunday. He was a full participant, as I mentioned previously, in today's practice with a shoulder injury. So I'm assuming that he plays. And if he does, oh my goodness, I'm excited to see him fly around again. Listen, it's not hard to see, right? Number seven, he just hits guys hard. He arrives, as Aaron Nagler likes to say, in a bad mood. And I think that'll be big for shutting down both David Montgomery, the Bears' top running back, and Justin Fields on the ground at least. And so, yeah, I'm excited. Watch Quay Walker, watch him fly around the field. My offensive player to watch, it's Christian Watson. Yeah, Christian Watson. He had some drops, uh, shall we say it that way. He actually only had one drop, but it was a bad one in the Vikings game. But Rodgers talked about the talent in Christian Watson. Looking at some of the tape, holy crap, Christian Watson has top end speed. I mean, obviously that first deep shot he was behind the secondary by a good yard or two. But then there were some other plays where Roger didn't end up throwing in the ball because he didn't see him or there wasn't enough time. But Watson, again, was able to get behind the secondary with a lot of consistency. And I'm very, very excited to see that translate over to Sunday night. He is he's going to get his chances because the Packers love him. 
and Rodgers, I think, is going to end up loving him if he can start reeling in the deep balls that Rodgers throws to him. So I'm very, very excited to see Christian Watson on Sunday night against the Chicago Bears. I think he'll get opportunities. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, that's all I have to say. Uh, I am nervous for this game. I think it's hard not to be nervous because the Packers performed like a sack of garbage against the Minnesota Vikings. So, yeah, but either way, it is a Packers game, and that makes me thrilled. I cannot wait. Packers football is back. It just feels so good to every week be able to talk about the Packers playing a football game. But that's all I have for you today. As always, thank you very much for listening to Dedicated Packers. And until next time, Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go!